welcome to Crop Sense, presented by North Carolina Cooperative Extension. I'm Jacob Morgan, a field crops agent with North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Today we have Dr. Guy Collins from NC State University to talk about cotton planting in early season management. Good morning, Dr. Collins. How are you doing today? I can't complain. The, the weather's turning, it's warming up, so I guess let's start with how has the spring shaped up so far as cotton planting? Well, I mean, we, we've had a very mild winter and early spring, very abnormally warm temperatures, really starting back in February. And hopefully that bleeds on into May. Uh, we have yet to see that, but it's still a little bit early for cotton to go in the ground this week. And normally, if the weather's right, we would tell a grower they can start last week in April, something like that, and go on into May with the key words being if the weather is right. And so right now, the forecast for next week looks a little cool for most of the state, so I'm kind of doubting much will be planted next week. With a warm March, I really thought corn plant would have got started a lot earlier, but we every so often we have those really cool mornings, so I think that's, that's slowed down a lot of planting in general. So what environmental conditions are you looking for uh, to start planting? Well, in a perfect world, ideally, we would like to see 50 DD60s within the first five days of planting. So if you do the math on that, that would be uh, 80 degree high or higher during the day, and a nighttime low of 60 would give you 10 per day. And anything that's around 70 degrees for a daytime high and a nighttime low of 50 degrees, would be zero DD60s per day. Uh, so I, in a perfect world, we would like to see nice warm temperatures like that, you know, where we have 80 plus degree highs during the day and night times no less than 60. Now, we don't often get that. So, you know, we would settle for five or six DD60s per day. Uh, you got to pay attention to those first three days of planting, especially. If we have a cool night, or day during that period uh, after the seed imbibes water then then we're at risk at that point we look at the first five days but with emphasis on those first three days we certainly don't want any cool temperatures uh, to occur in those first three days of planting if we can help it i know the last few years we've had the seed testing program through ncda uh, where we tested seed lots for germination that sort of thing can you talk about what role does the seed lot and germination play in planting decisions? What we're talking about is seed quality and the best way to know is to have a very recent test done by NCDA, our Department of Agriculture, through this cotton seed testing program. They've done a very good job with that. So we advise all growers to have their seed tested by them and you have to plan for that and it has to be done as early as you possibly can in order to have that information back in time to plant. If you're downstream treating some seed, you gotta consider that too. An official test can't come out of a bag that's already been opened or, or container. So that's something to consider. Now, with that said, seed quality can play a big role in field performance. And we mainly talk about warm and, and cool germ and that's what we'll talk about today. But there are other things that we're looking at, such as oil content and seed size and all these other different parameters as it relates to seed quality. But for now, what we have is the warm and cool test. So if we're planting under less than ideal conditions, 
that's where your cool germ really comes into play. Uh, now, you've got to consider cool germ for what it is. There's a lot of variation, not in how that test is done, but in the results. In other words, you can pull samples from the same bag or the same lot number and get a fairly wide range of results there, but you, you've got to consider it for what it's worth. It's not going to be as repeatable as the warm germ test. So under cooler conditions, we want to make sure that we're planting the seed lots that have the highest cool germ and preferably your largest seed. We want to plant those shallows that come up fairly quickly. Now, the best thing to do is just wait until we have ideal conditions. And at that point, that's where warm germ uh, comes into play more frequently. And not saying we can disregard cool germ, but under ideal conditions, we really want to look more at warm germs. So as long as it's got a decent warm germ under ideal conditions, we, we feel fairly good about that. But in less than ideal conditions, that's where cool germ comes into play, and we want to make sure you're planting the highest cool germ that you can. The best thing to do is to navigate around that and not plant when we have marginal conditions and only plant when we have ideal conditions. Some years that is not in our favor with regard to the weather and at some point we just have to plant and if you have to plant through marginal conditions that's where cool germ kind of kicks in what role does early and late varieties play in your planting decisions not much in my opinion when we talk about variety maturity a lot of times what we see as long as it's planted in may and we have a fairly normal year with regard to fall weather in terms of heat unit accumulation Maturity differences are minimal. They're fairly tight range there. So maybe a week or 10 days apart in terms of maturity. And not many growers really defoliate and harvest on that kind of a margin. So in most years, as long as we're planting it in May, we, we don't really see maturity really come into play. If we get pushed into planting into early June, or if we have to replant in early June, at that point, maturity starts to matter a little bit more. So I'm not saying we automatically go to super early varieties, but we may want to think again about planting something that's ultra late. Uh, maybe back that up to a mid-mature variety or something along those lines. Just because at that point, we're kind of worried about heat unit accumulation into the fall and the frost date and things of that nature. So if we have ideal conditions and we can get planted our whole cotton crop say in 10 days, is that something you recommend or do you recommend holding off and, and planting some and then waiting a few days and then planting some more to stretch that crop out? The best strategy, if we knew what the weather was going to be throughout the month of May, the best strategy would be to plant a little bit all along you know, when conditions are favorable. Because simply we don't know how the year is going to reward earlier versus later planted cotton in terms of rainfall patterns and what have you. The problem with that is it is very difficult to tell a grower not to plant when conditions are great. And most years we struggle to get it all planted, especially larger growers. We struggle to get it all planted anyway, so we kind of have to go when we do. Now, we do see some years where the weather is nearly perfect in early May and we can get a lot of our crop in the ground in, in two weeks time and that's great unless it's a year that 
kind of favors later planted cotton in terms of rainfall and, and fall weather. So it, it, that's a very difficult decision to make. In a perfect world, we would plant a little all along throughout the planting window. Uh, but at the same time, if you haven't got much planted, it is it's very difficult to tell a grower to not plant when conditions are ideal. Now, if, if you have quite a bit or higher percentage of your, your acres already planted in those first two weeks of May, then yes, you can afford to hold off a little bit as long as you can finish. And it's important for each grower to know how much they can plant in a, in a given day and how many more days of planting that they have if they're thinking about holding off a little bit. But I certainly wouldn't wait forever. Usually by mid-May, a larger producer, we're going to have to go as soon as we have halfway decent conditions. So what is your recommendation as far as plant populations, and does that change based on uh, planting date? Very generally speaking, uh, we need to be planting 43,000, 44,000 seed per acre. And that's a good trade-off for economics and capturing yield potential. Uh, there are some cases we could plant a little bit less than that, maybe 37,000, 38,000 seed per acre. That's in fields that do not have a tendency to crust. Uh, that's when we're planting high quality seed under ideal conditions where we know we're very, very likely to get a rapid stand and a good stand. There are other situations where we have to increase our seeding rate to 47, 48,000 seed per acre. And those would be planting into cooler conditions, less than ideal conditions. Uh, or in situations where Maybe you have a history of crusting in a particular field or a soil type. That's where we want to uh, bump up our seeding rates just a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about the strategy as far as planting depth? Some theories are you chase the moisture. Uh, I know cotton seed's not known for popping out of the ground really robustly, and some people like to just dust it in. So you can talk a little bit about that uh, decision and maybe what goes into that decision. In most cases, planting shallower is generally going to be better. And in, in these years where we have dry conditions going into May or, or some, at some point in the planting window, we see a lot of growers planting deeper to chase moisture, as you say. And I understand the concept, but you got to remember that cotton seedlings are very weak when they're young, okay, until they're established. And when we plant deep like that, especially if you have a soil that tends to crust over, we're, we're adding stress to that seed. And in most cases, if you really think about it, when we do chase moisture by planting deep, not, you're not only adding stress, but you're already planting it into marginal moisture. So a lot of times what we see is there's enough moisture to sprout it, but not enough for it to emerge. And there's a risk in that, in that if it doesn't rain fairly quickly, you may have enough moisture to sprout that seed, but it will die on its way up. And so we certainly don't want that, especially if it gets hot. Generally speaking, it's better to just plant it shallow. Uh, even if it's in bone-dry dirt, that is generally going to be okay. Uh, I've been very, very surprised at how long cotton seed will sit there and wait on the rainfall. Generally speaking, if we're worried about getting a good stand, which most people are, I would rather plant shallow and plant in the dry dirt than to chase moisture. Great information. 
Can you talk about fertility as far as pre-plant and early season fertilizer applications? There's several different strategies with regard to fertilizers and, and cotton fertility. Most folks have some degree of fertility already applied either at planting or through their starter fertilizer. And for starters, we don't necessarily argue with it as long as it's not in the furrow. And as also as long as it's an affordable way to get some of your fertility program out there and get going. Now, I've had some growers tell me that that's the cheapest form of phosphorus. If their soil test calls for phosphorus, then starter may be the way to go. Um, but we do not want to see it in furrow because there's, there's nothing good can come from that. It's rare that it causes a problem, but it's a big problem when it happens. So we advise that no starters be applied in furrow. So it needs to be two by two at reasonable rates. So you're looking at 10, 11 gallons of a liquid, maybe 10 to 15 pounds of actual nitrogen, something along those lines. Cotton doesn't use very much at all while it's young. It'll start taking up nitrogen and potash at a much more steeper rate when we get to first square, which would be six, seven leaf cotton. Between there and first bloom, uptake drastically increases. So we want to make sure that when we top dress, we have the remainder percentage of what has not been put out pre-plant. We want to put it out then, but we want to be very timely with it. The problem in having a higher proportion of your fertilizer going out at top dress or side dress right around first square is that if we get into a wet June where we can't get in the field or we're relying on a dealer to spread our fertilizer and they're just late with it and that kind of thing, that can hold you up. And the closer we get to first bloom without any fertilizer in it, the more risk of having a yield loss uh, occurs. So we want to be very timely, as timely as possible with the top dress or side dress application, especially if you're putting out a higher proportion of your fertilizers then. All right. Is there anything else you think we need to discuss, Dr. Collins? I think that covers it for now. I'm sure something interesting will pop up during planting season. It always seems to, but uh, that's all I can think of for now. Well, we certainly appreciate your time today, Dr. Collins. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. If you have any questions about cotton planting, be sure to reach out to your local cooperative extension agent and they'll be happy to help. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And as always, thanks for listening to Crop Sense. Because if it isn't making money, it isn't making sense.